welcome back to the Glass Seeds Podcast. This is our show where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. My name is Bernal, and this week in hockey, it is peak off-season, baby. Yes, sir. We are talking eight, uh, signings, we're talking trades, we're talking NHL draft, players are on the moves, GMs are on the phone, and we want to talk about it. Yes, sir. Shall we start with the NHL draft? Yeah, let's do it. So that was a big thing that happened this week. There were a bunch of trades and signings that we're going to get to later as well. We're going to talk about Dubois, Meyer, Barbashev later in the show. But let's start with the draft. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to limit our conversation, sorry, for the top 10 picks. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's where all the drama was. Mm-hmm. Um, no surprise, first overall, Connor Bedard. I'm pretty surprised by this. I honestly thought, no, I'm kidding. Of course, yeah. everyone everyone knew this. Like, this was uh, pretty evident right off the bat. As soon as the draft lottery was announced, the entire city of Chicago knew, the entire NHL world knew, Connor Bedard to Chicago. And that is their second generational talent in about 15 years. It's not fair, man. One, yeah. one dips and there's not even a full offseason. Okay, whatever. All right. Yeah. Hey, there's every chance that Patrick Kane could come back in the offseason. He's a free agent. Yeah, but why would he? I don't know. Mentor? I, I I guess yeah, but unless I don't, uh, he's not cup chasing. I hope he's got three. Yeah, and he's also, but he, the problem is he also had that surgery. He's he's gonna be out in the beginning of this. Actually, you know what? Chicago makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, I just convinced myself. <laughs> yep. All right. Yep. That's the way. Uh, um, that's gonna be a fun team to watch. You yeah. know, Bedard is gonna probably tear up this league. We're talking um, for those of you not familiar with prospects in the NHL. We're talking this is McDavid Crosby level talent. Yeah, generational talent for sure. So, McDavid Crosby Kane, I think are the comparables mm-hmm. the past three years. McDavid and Crosby more so because they're centers. Mm-hmm. Kane was a wing, but yeah, yeah. Um, pick number two was Anaheim's, and the drama already started. Yeah, <laughs> the consensus second overall pick was uh, Adam Fantilli, mm-hmm. but uh, Anaheim picked Leo Carlson. Yeah, out of Sweden. Both are centers. Um, I think the general consensus is Fantilli is better right now, but Carlson might have a higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of if he actually reaches that ceiling. But either way, this is a stud. And as a Sharks fan, this is a stud we're going to have to go up against a lot. Yeah. But the thing is, if you're Columbus and you picked up Adam Fantilli, I, I, if you're the fan base of any... Yeah, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, I you shouldn't be upset by this by oh, any means. Like, absolutely not. Leo Carlson was also a great pick, but I mean, come on, you were going to win, not win, but like you were going to get a good pick either way. Yeah. I mean, out of the, the lottery picks, so the top two and then Columbus afterward, um, only Anaheim had to actually make a pick, right? Yes. Chicago was going to take Bedard. Yes. Anaheim had to pick between Carlson and Fantilli mm-hmm. and Columbus took whichever one they didn't take. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, for, for a top three, like, I, in a weird way, they all won. Obviously, Chicago won, but you know. Yeah, and just so we can get an idea of like the talent we're talking about in any other year, like even if you take last year, I think any one of these three would have gone first overall. Mm-hmm. So we're talking really, really good players yeah. um, based on what scouting and the reporters have told us. Yeah, right. These are, this is supposed to be a really, really good draft. Yeah. So um, that kind of wraps up the top three. Mm-hmm. Already we got a switch, right? Yes. So now we're going to the rest of this draft. And this is kind of where it gets interesting. Yeah. So there is this talent out in the KHL by the name of Matt Vemichkov, mm-hmm. who is rumored to be as good, if not better, than Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Where this rumor comes from is he is smashing Ovechkin's KHL records as a teenager. Mm-hmm. KHL being the league out in Russia. He's also better... Scoring better at that league than Nikita Kucherov. Mm-hmm. So this is top, top tier talent. Yes. The catch being he's Russian 
and he has a contract in the KHL for the next three years. Yes. Which means he won't be able to come over to your team right away. Yes. So this comes down to the fourth overall pick where there's going to be a debate with the San Jose Sharks if they take this dynamic Russian talent or they take their other top prospect or top pick they wanted, Mm -hmm. Will Smith. And they ended up taking Will Smith, who is a center, and uh, will be coming to San Jose. Probably not going to play in the NHL this year, but maybe next year. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? The Fresh Prince is in San Jose. Right. (laughs) uh, I honestly thought they were going to take Mishkov. To be completely honest, I really thought San Jose was going to take him. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, I, I mean, I am definitely a little bit surprised, but it, it, I mean, it sucks the way the way the world is right now, but I, it is definitely something to be concerned about. Um, I mean, regardless of like the global situation, yeah. he's signed a contract. Yeah. So he legally cannot come over. Yeah. For the three years anyway. Yeah. But I don't think San Jose expect him to be good in three years, are they? No, no, definitely not. And at that point, Will Smith almost makes more sense. Uh, you know, let him de- let him develop. And it's not like San Jose. San Jose's got a lot of studs uh, in the in the making right now. I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Um, and so the the thing that really uh, confuses me about this is. Mishkov didn't go fifth. He didn't go sixth either. He yeah. dropped all the way down to he dropped seventh. All the way to seventh. Um, the picks in between Montreal took David Reinbacher, defenseman. Mm-hmm. Arizona took a different Russian, Dmitry Simashev, mm-hmm. who also has a two year contract mm-hmm. in the KHL. Yeah. If you were going to take a Russian, why would you not take potential future Alex Ovechkin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I question everything Arizona does and stands for at this point. Yeah. Um, I, it, yeah, this is why they're losing a team. Sorry, Coyotes fans, but yeah, see, this is what happens in the deep draft, right? Like yeah. people get really honed in on their guy. Like I could totally see Montreal being like, oh, someone's going to take Mitchkov. Don't even think about it. Yeah. So we're just going to focus on our guy. And they took Ryan Bacher, mm-hmm. um, which also feels like maybe they expected San Jose to take Mitchkov and they wanted Smith. And then San Jose took Smith. So then they're like, oh, who's the next line name is Ryan Bacher on their list. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I always wonder this too, like they're on the clock when they have to pick, um, the, obviously as a, as a professional GM, you're under a lot of pressure already, mm-hmm. but that's, that's just a lot of pressure when you're not <laughs> first or second or th- I, I guess you could say third overall too. When you're like further down in the draft, I feel like there's more pressure on you. Yeah. Cause when you're, when you, when you're in those top three, you kind of know what you're picking. Yeah. It's kind of easy at that point. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, it's not an easy task for GMs by any mean, but like, Damn, I don't think anyone expected Mishkov to drop all the way to seven. That's all. Yeah, that's that is insane. And the fact that he's not the first Russian taken. Yeah, that's what I can't get over. <laughs> you had you had a bone to pick about that. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, like, sure, it's it, it, it's unfortunate, but like at the same time, again, I I don't really know where Arizona's headspace is at. I I don't know if this was an intentional move. I don't. Again, I don't know what the hell Arizona does half the time. So. Is this the, uh, oh, we're not going to have an arena for two years to so just let them play in the cage? I honestly, I, that's exactly what I was thinking, but I couldn't put it into words. I really think that's it. But then why would you not take Mitchkov? I that's what I don't get. I don't friggin' know. <laughs> like, for any reason that you would take Simashev, yeah. unless you really wanted a defenseman. But if you're not going to have him for two years, does it matter what position he plays? Also, doesn't Arizona need everything right now? Yeah, that too. They're not, they're, they're as bad as, well, not as bad as San Jose, but like, they're not great. Yeah. In any aspect. So. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I'm just, somebody, that's somebody, that's somebody, what it boils down to. Uh, I don't know. Please, somebody in the comments, hey. just fucking <laughs> tell yeah. us. Coyotes fans, anyone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> please explain. Yeah. 
Um, rounding out the draft, uh, Ryan Leonard, right wing, goes to Washington, yeah. who is uh, John Leonard's brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Danielson, as center, goes to Detroit. Mm-hmm. He was also not projected to go this high, but uh, don't doubt Stevie Y. Yeah. And then uh, rounding out the top 10, Dalibor Dvorsky, mm-hmm. goes center, goes to St. Louis. That's an insane amount of centers in the, in the top 10. Yeah. Which is, at, at least this year, I mean, like, yeah, the first one, two, yeah, first four. Are, are all centers and round yeah. it out top, bottom two. Centers. I was just thinking that like everybody's looking for that f- star franchise player. And in the NHL, when you look at like who the stars are more often than not, they're centers. They're centers. Yep. You know? Um, so everyone's looking for that linchpin, you know, that first line center. Yeah. Is it just cause it's easier to build a team around that? I think there's three pieces that are the hardest to get, which is your first line center, your top pairing offensive demon mm-hmm. and your top goalie. Those are the mm. three, those are the core of your team and they're the three hardest pieces to get. Yeah. Uh, nobody's drafting a goalie this early. Goalies are voodoo, right? Well, I mean, Flurry was first overall, but yeah, and that's weird, is it? Yeah, versus someone like Lundqvist, Pekarene, yeah, all really deep picks, right? Yeah, because the thing with goalies are these kids are what seventeen, eighteen when they mm-hmm. get drafted. Most goalies aren't NHL ready until twenty four, twenty five. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because it takes longer to develop that reaction and that speed of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you put in some young nineteen year old on the fourth line. He, and he makes some mistakes. You're kind of okay, right? Yeah. You can't put your 19-year-old goalie and oh, if he yeah, makes some mistakes, yeah. he's kind of screwed, right? Especially, yeah, like, it's a, being goalie is also a big mental game. Yeah, and you're, because it's such a mental game, right? You let your 19-year-old just get shelled every night, you're going to blow their <laughs> What confidence. if they're never the same? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So um, that's why I think they protect goalies a little bit more and there's longer time between draft and when they play in the league. Mm-hmm. And what that means, you there's more uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to waste your high picks. On yeah. That. That's generally the typical school of thought. Mm-hmm. Of course, people like Marc-Andre Fleury are exceptions to the rule. Right, of course. Um, so I wasn't expecting a goalie to go this high, but only two demon. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a mind-boggling pick from Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, please, someone yeah. someone explain to us why. But, I mean, so, of this top 10, do you think, well, I think we can both say Connor Bedard's probably going to be the most outstanding of the of, of the top 10. But do you yeah. think there's a sleeper in this amongst this top 10 list? If like, I, sudden impact, I guess you could say. If I had to pick a sleeper, I'd pick Ryan Leonard going to Washington. Really? He is the power forward type. Mm-hmm. And, um... So, like with Tom Wilson? Yeah, think Tom Wilson okay. type, Got you it. know? And I think he could really flourish in Washington's system. Yeah. And I think at this age, rather than being outstanding by themselves, if they can find a team that fits them, mm-hmm. they'll really shine. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan Leonard and Washington might be a good match. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, The only other one I think might be a sleeper, and I, uh, the only reason I say this is because he himself is a wizard, uh, is uh, Nate Danielson. And mm-hmm. when I say he, I mean Steve, Steve Eiserman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. somehow, oh, it, like, this is, the thing is, Tampa was, became what they were because Stevie Y assembled that team. He kind of passed it off to Julian Brisbois. Yeah. And, you know, that's, th- sure, they, they did win their, their two cups and went on, or, yeah, went on to a third finals, but that was Stevie Y's product, essentially. Somehow he just knows what to do. He's just an incredibly smart GM. Like he was a great player, but he's also a very smart GM. Somehow I think Nate Danielson has got something up his sleeve. Just because Stevie Y drafted him. Just because Stevie Y drafted him. I don't know how. Something always, yeah. I, I never doubt the, the, what's it called? The Wiser plan? The Iser plan. The Iser plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just never doubt it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on that. 
yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up for yeah. the draft here. Um, second round of the draft was today, but these after the first kind of 10 picks, it's yeah. who knows really. Yeah. So if you get someone that makes a name for themselves in the second round, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not common. So mm-hmm. cool. Cool. I think the bigger stories we want to talk about yes. from these past couple of days mm-hmm. are trades and signings. Mm-hmm. So there were a bunch of trades, which were very obviously cap dumps, you know, um, the salary cap only went up 1 million mm-hmm. this off season due to COVID and the, all those other details. Mm-hmm. Um, but bottom line short is there's not a lot of cap rooms. Yeah. Right. So uh, there's a bunch of like cap dump trades, like Riley Smith moved to Pittsburgh for a third round. Um, Ryan Johansson went to Colorado for the rights to Alex Galchenyuk. Mm-hmm various other trades like that but i think the big trade is with the los angeles kings Mm -hmm. and the winnipeg jets so this trade uh the los angeles kings get center pierre luc dubois Mm -hmm. from the jets in return for gay velarde uh kupari and alex ayafalo yeah crazy and a second round pick yeah crazy and then um on the upon the trade dubois signed an 8.5 a uh, million dollar cap hit mm-hmm. for eight years contract mm-hmm. with the Los Angeles Kings. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah. a, is a, is a no movement clause or? Um, I will double check while you give your initial thoughts. I, I mean, I was also fully bought in that he was going to be wearing red and blue and white in the summer in Montreal or not this summer, but next season. I was about to say, you have to specify there's a lot of red, blue and white yeah, teams. <laughs> in Montreal this, this, this uh, next coming up season. But yeah, I'm thoroughly surprised about this, and it's not—it's definitely not a. Uh, I you know I Dubois was aware he was going to LA, and he like signed this contract, um, so I definitely think he is excited to be in LA. I think he he knows what he's doing. Um, I don't think he's you know. There's always been the rumors. Oh, he's always been trying to go to Montreal. Um, I you know I I think he knows what he's doing, and I think this is a good move ultimately. Um, especially with the Kings in this past uh, playoff season, you know, they, they have the speed, they have the depth, but why not hunker down on it? Yeah. I was so. about to say, this is like, you're really solidifying LA up the middle, right? You yes. got Anze Kopitar, Philip Deneau, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah. That is a killer center line. <laughs> yes. And as um, Kopitar kind of gets older and maybe slows down, uh, you can move him to wing. Yep. And then you're set in your top six. Yeah. They're, um, they're going to have a, LA is going to have a very lethal, um, center lineup i guess you could say um for, for years to come i think this is a great signing i don't remember how old he is but uh pierre luc dubois is currently 25 yeah <laughs> crazy contract that's 33 yeah you've signed him till 33 yeah and it's not even close to 10 mil well well it's 8.5 8.5 yes but like i i somehow i think the cap is going to go up again at some point in yeah. those eight years so yeah i think they're projecting that the cap's going to go up big jump next year. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you asked about the no movement clause. Yes. Um, he has no clause for this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, full no movement clause until 27, 28. Mm. For 28 to thir- 28 for the 28, 29 season, he can su- supply a 15 team no trade list. And then for the rest of the last two years of the contract, um, he can supply a 10 team no trade list. Mm. So as he gets older, it becomes easier and easier to trade him. Yeah. Which lines up with the strategy I was talking about. Yeah. When the Knights won the cup. Good job. Don't LA. tie yourself in. Good job, Kings fans. You uh you secured a solid center and you can trade him if you need to. So Yeah, so you know, if he gets injured or you know demands another trade in uh, about three days. Um Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're kidding. We're, we're, yeah. we're somewhat kidding. But let's talk about also the Jets uh what the they Jets got? Hall. That's yeah. crazy. That's a uh, if I'm if I'm the Jets GM, 
uh, I don't know how to say his last name. It's very long, but uh, <laughs> shovel day off. Yeah, I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, that's a great. That's a great turnaround. Uh, Alex Iafall by himself is killer, killer uh, player, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think this is great for the Jets, and they're in a rebuilding phase as well. Um, or they have mentioned that they're going to kind of blow it up. Yeah, this is a this is a great great haul for um for Pierre Luc Dubois. They just got every winger they could. Yeah, there's like I think all three of these guys are wingers, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, and they're young, too. Mm-hmm. So LA very much just suddenly switched into win-now mode. Up I, until even this offseason, or this playoffs, I was thinking of LA more of as a team of the future. Like mm-hmm. I expected them to do well. I didn't expect them to be cup contenders. Yeah. But um, when LA's, when you see a team trading away youth like this, mm-hmm. you kind of have to put them in the cup contender category don't you i see i think la surprised themselves i don't think they expected themselves to be this good this fast either um but they managed to assemble the right pieces and sure they didn't do great in the playoffs but i i don't know i one year you do you get out in the first round another year you don't make the playoffs so suddenly you make it to the third round sometimes you go to the cup finals i don't know i think la has is building a good formula and i think they have the ability to to go farther than they think, and that's why they're going in uh, win now mode. Mm-hmm. So, um, another interesting thing to note: um, I'm just looking at the trade here on Cap Friendly. Um, I Alex Iafalo is the only one of those three players that signed. The other two are free agents right now. That that uh, resigned with Winnipeg? No, they haven't resigned yet. So, uh, so Gabe Velarde is uh, 23 years old, mm-hmm. and he will be an RFA, I believe. Oh, oh! So they're not okay. They're not signed with the Winnipeg Law. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I, basically, I they traded Dubois for signing rights to mm-hmm. Gay Velarde and Rasmus uh, Kupari, and for Alex Ifollow. I mean, are signed. they intending to sign them or sign those guys? I don't know. So okay, because uh, if you're following the NHL rumor mill, there's yeah. somewhat of an exodus happening in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Both uh, Connor Hellebuck and Blake Wheeler don't doesn't look like they're going to be Jets yeah. come the start of the season. Yeah. Which so, honestly, I'm I'm pretty excited to see how that goes. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I'm just wondering. I'm like, sure, it's it's a good haul, but it's only a good haul if they can really keep this talent. Yeah, so they're so, keeping Arafalo for sure. Yeah, who's 29. Um, Velarde and Kupari are 23, mm-hmm. and they're both RFAs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I they could. I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's something to keep a keep an eye out for sure. Yeah, free agency's next week, so yeah, um, they're gonna get an eye. Oh my and god, move you're on right. There. Yeah, wow, July came up quick oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's actually not i'm saying next week it's in like three days yeah yeah much quicker oh, by shoot that means next podcast is going to be really interesting oh yeah it's going to be wow. all the whatever happens for free agent frenzy yeah we'll be covering oh, wow. next show all right here we go keep it tuned on glass seats <laughs> um a couple other contracts to talk about yeah big boy timo meyer 8.8 million for eight years with the new jersey devils i'm happy for the guy but man, I think this is an overpayment, honestly. It's you just, saw him play for years in San Jose. Yes, and I don't, I, I can't justify giving more than eight tops. This guy's getting paid more than PLD. He is, I don't even think he's younger. I was about to say he's younger. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think he, he is. is. I really don't think he is. He's 26, he's older. Yeah, that's one of, uh, yeah. I, and the dude is also much more inconsistent, in my opinion, than, uh, than PLD. So He also I, doesn't play center, plays wing. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. New Jersey fans, I I hate to break it to you, but this this may possibly bite you in the ass. So I don't think it will. 
Yeah. Can I give you a little tidbit about the Meyer sure. contract? Sure. Last three years of his contract, 15-team no-trade list. Mm-hmm. He can be traded. Mm. For when he sucks. If he sucks. <laughs> but that's a, that's a hefty contract to trade, though. Like, 8.8 million for a 30-year-old winger. Yeah. Like, what if it's... That's not, okay, so, that's not bad. I don't know how the, the distribution is on that contract, but, like, let's say he's 34 and, you know, aging fast or whatever. Well, he's, like, tw- he's 26 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time his no-movement clause expires, he'll be 31. Mm-hmm. By the time the contract expires, he'll be 34. Okay. So they'll trade him by, like, 32. If, if they need to. If they need to. If he's bad by then. Yeah. But there's no indication that he's going to be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, the only reason I, I say this is a risk is because the dude is lights out or he's just he's a disappearing act. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing in between. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. So this contract might be an absolute steal or just an abomination. It's really hard to tell. But also, if you're New Jersey, I think what you're looking for is stability right now, right? You've signed up everyone else. Nico Heashier. That's true. Jack Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the other Hughes brother coming up your pipeline mm-hmm. and Timo Meyer really rounds out your top six and gives you some size. Yeah. Which that we saw, true. we saw in the playoffs. You need size. Yeah. I mean, Hughes, uh, Jack Hughes is not, I guess Nico, he's sure he's not the hugest person either, but yeah, but he's not the type of game Meyer is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Meyer, Meyer is an aggressive, um, how do I, how do I, aggr- he's a power forward. He is a power forward. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, he, he can step up when needed. And, uh, I think New Jersey did get killed in the playoffs, this yeah. past playoffs, because of that. Yeah, and Myers, you know, not afraid to throw a face wash in there once in a while, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. I remember seeing him play with Jumbo Joe and the two of them just being pests. Yeah, yeah. Know? But he can also score five goals a game if he needs to. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Hard to tell, but we'll, we'll see how this one plays out. But um, moving on to the, the much better contract, in my opinion, uh, also part of the, uh, the golden strategy. Mm-hmm. Ivan Barbashev signs a five by five, insanely good deal in my opinion, and they quickly disposed of an original Golden Knight to do it too. Oh yeah, they shipped out <laughs> Riley Smith to yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, just we talked about Vegas being heartless. <laughs> like, oh my god, that guy is wearing an A on your chest. He was with the franchise since the beginning, Here's and you just cup. won a cup. Here's your cup. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> they won the cup what two weeks ago. Uh, see ya <laughs> uh, like oh now he's gonna go to all the cup parties and he's not part of the team next year yeah like i know there's always a guy like every cup contending team can't keep everyone yeah but you're an alternate captain it's a cold world man it's a very <laughs> oh, cold man yeah also just to make the contract even worse modified no trade clause for the mm-hmm. full length of the contract for the first uh three years eight team no trade list mm-hmm. and then for the last two Five team no trade list. Mm. Damn. Both this contract, both in value and in clause, is easier to trade than the other two. Yeah. And Barbashev is twenty seven. He's only a year older than Mario. Yeah. Man, Vegas is Vegas Ve- is magic. Yeah. If you're if you're a Golden Knights player, make sure you rent first of all. But second <laughs> of all, don't ever don't ever get comfortable <laughs> because even if you're a fantastic component, uh. You could be gone the next day, but that's how Vegas... At the end of the day, Vegas fans want to see cups. They, yeah, they but you'll win. Yeah, they win. They win, and uh, this is just continuing that, that legacy, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So. Really, just Riley Smith, just, here's your cup, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> here's your severance package. Yeah. <laughs> see you later, buddy. 
Hey, but he's going to Pittsburgh, and I, I, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be as, as bad as people think. So, oh yeah, you don't think? I don't know. <laughs> Can you guess anything about Pittsburgh? I, you know, I was a big Pittsburgh fan this season. Yeah, but now you have a new GM. Uh, your core is a year older, and now you have Riley Smith. You yeah. still don't have a goalie. That's true. That is true. They're goalies. Like I said, yeah. first line center. Offensive D man, yeah. goalie. I think they should reunite with uh, Flurry just for the good old days, or Matt Murray, or mm, <laughs> <laughs> not sure about that one. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. This, this is a great contract for Vegas, the five by five for Barbashev, and uh, man, Vegas keeps doing it. It's uh, it's almost infuriating <laughs> at this point, but hey, they know how to win. Vegas gonna Vegas. Yeah, basically. All right, so kind of. Wrap it up here. Yeah. How much of the NHL awards did you watch? I watched none of it. I don't think I've watched any of it ever. Ever? Ever. No. <laughs> well, I decided, since we have a podcast now, to watch it for the first time. Oh, good. You committed. I regretted it. <laughs> Please, in my nose. <laughs> it was the cringiest crap. It was in Nashville, by the way. So. That I've, I mean, being in Nashville is fine. Nashville's a great city. Yeah, yeah. But it was so terribly put on. Mm-hmm. The jokes were terrible. Yeah. And whoever wrote this, like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, this, it feels like a 50-year-old wrote something they thought 17-year-olds would find funny. Yeah. The, the, how do you do, fellow kids? Like, yeah, <laughs> literally that. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Um, I just showed you before we started recording yeah, the so presentation like of the Lady Bing. Yeah. The presentation of the Lady Bing trophy, which yeah. is for the most gentlemanly player. Yes. Like, oh, this player says sorry when they check someone. I'm yeah. like, okay. You're really going to make freaking Canada jokes when the majority of your audience is Canadian? Yeah, the problem is it's a bunch of, it it was like country stars everywhere and they were like all coming out and making these like, with these like very American accents making jokes about Canadians and stuff. I don't know. I'm like, is that the look you want for your league? Yeah. Your league is majority Canadian. Yeah. I'm like, guys, all we want are games that are not blacked out in the local region. (laughs) Should have blacked out the award show. (laughs) (laughs) Should have blacked out after the award show. Dude, yeah, uh, it, was, <laughs> it, it was bad. It was, I, yeah, I, you only showed me five minutes of it, and I was like, damn, I, I don't think I could watch this whole thing. Like, this is, I mentioned this on a previous episode too, right? The thing that bothers me so much about NHL marketing uh-huh. is that they always market it to the casual fan. Yeah. They're like, someone could tune in and watch this, yeah. right? First off, your award show was on a Monday night. I didn't know that. I didn't tune in, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you wanted random people to tune in, probably not Monday night, right? Yeah. Um, second of all, um, you can't make jokes like this lowbrow type humor, right? Mm -hmm. Because, all right, if you're already watching the award show, it's not your casual fans watching. Yeah. It's idiots like us who have a podcast and love the sport. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah. And have too much time for it. The part that was hilarious to me was how little... It was like pity laughs, you know what I mean? It wasn't even yeah. like, oh, these aren't... Like, oh, that was actual... Uh, yeah. I could see the humor also, in that. it was hosted by Dirk Bentley. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Country star in Nashville makes sense. Yeah. But then they made Dirk Bentley kid do a bunch of interviews. Yeah. Like, no fault to the kid. I'm sure he did his best. Yeah. But like, it was... If they did that bit once, fine. But he yeah. interviewed all three heart candidates. Mm-hmm. It's like, tough. <laughs> it's this tough, kid yeah. who's giving scripted lines is interviewing Connor McDavid, who is a pucks in deep type interviewer. Yes. Yeah. Most times. Yeah. Sometimes he gives a golden quote, which to sidetrack. Yeah. I love Connor McDavid interviews because mm-hmm. most of the time he gives you pucks in deep crap, mm-hmm. but then once in a while he says something legit and then everybody listens because he finally said something. Yeah. That's a smart man right there. Yeah. 
coming back to the show, you could have used that bit once. Yeah. And have been, okay, that moment was cringy, but fine. Yeah. Whatever. But like, oh my God. I, I mean, feel for this kid at this point because the internet is ruthless and likes to make memes out of everything. Yeah. This kid's going to get memes. <laughs> this so kid hard. is going to get torn up and he doesn't even realize it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God. I, I, I haven't, like, honestly, I haven't checked Instagram in, in a little bit, so I haven't seen the reactions to any of this, but I, I, for the own sake, for my own belief in humanity, my own faith in humanity, I think I'm going to go ahead and ignore the reactions to this because, man, it was not good. So, yeah, I mean, all I want from the NHL is just decent enough marketing, right? Yeah. Why do you think people make fun of the NHL? It's yeah. for crap like this. It's yes. not because nobody, they're like, oh, nobody watches the game. No, nobody watches the games. Because you do crap like this on things that are marketed, yeah, you know, for especially for the NHL award show, mm-hmm. which, like I said, is for dedicated fans like us who have way too much time and love the sport. Yes, why don't you just focus on making it a good show? Yeah, or stop least, worrying about the casual fans. Yeah, exactly. That I was literally about to say. Stop pandering to all the casual fans and yeah. try to make a good quality product for the people that actually care, and maybe they'll, you know, bring their friends. Honestly, word of mouth, I still think is king in terms of marketing. Oh, absolutely, and. When the, you have just like lazy ass marketing, who's going to care? Who's going to pay attention? The first episode of this podcast, we talked about why we watched the NHL. Yeah. Both of us had other people tell us about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason we watched. Yeah. We stuck around. Yeah. Despite all this. Because bullshit. at its core, <laughs> hockey is so fun to watch. Yeah. Right. And I fully believe that with my soul. I've never played hockey, yeah. but I love, enjoy watching it. Yes. Um, but then they can't just sell this great thing. Yeah. Right. And, like, when I have friends who are NBA or NFL fans and they show me their things, even though I don't know anything about these sports, yeah. I enjoy watching it. Yeah. Every time we start the show, I talk about, you know, recent stories, game highlights, league culture. That's the, that's the dinger right there. League culture, there's basically none. And yeah. when there is, it's garbage like this. I'm yeah. like, how do, we, how, do, how do people like us, even when you go to, like, any, like, you go to a comment section. Yeah. And and ESPN posts something about hockey because they're allowed to now. Everyone just roasts hockey, the sport as a whole, and it's people defending it. I'm like, that's your marketing? That's that's what you're being known for? Yeah. I'm like, you're doing it to yourself, NHL. I, I, I really don't know what the solution is, to be totally honest. But um, It's to stop pandering to casual fans at every turn. Right, but that's easier said than done, is what I'm saying. Like, in terms of actual specific solutions, again, we're not working for the PR team, the NHL PR team or anything. But yeah. damn, like this is bad. You know what would have been better? It would have been better if you didn't have the NHL awards show. Yeah. And you just tweeted out the winners. <laughs> you think so? Look at the quality of show they put on. That is true. That was, yeah, you're right. At this point, I think I'd rather, I I did look at tweets. Yeah. All you, <laughs> all we cared about was the winners, right? <laughs> and like, there were parts of the show that were good. It was in Nashville. They had a lot of country artists, a lot mm-hmm. of country music, mm-hmm. which was cool yeah but i think you need to work a little bit on the pacings like it was like two country songs between every award or something mm-hmm. which is like okay you got to keep the main thing kind of going yeah and they didn't present every award like I oh think, they didn't yeah like uh some awards are done beforehand right like the art ross and things like oh, that I see. Okay. but i even though everybody knows that who won the art ross who won the rocket i think it'd be nice to see it presented yeah um that'd be cool yeah just a formal but like yeah like you're together. saying it's not that hard but like we're spitballing ideas here how about don't have durst bentley kid interviewing heart trophy winners yeah first off yeah um you God. know <laughs> like who thought this was a good idea yeah i i mean they must have like done a dress rehearsal of sorts right or not yeah. dress or some sort of rehearsal but like if they didn't then maybe that's an improvement idea do a rehearsal <laughs> do a rehearsal 
maybe yeah try test running this thing before you actually uh go with it live yeah. so and i think dirk bentley did a great job like, yeah he was fine as a host yeah like the parts of the show that were award showy like the hosting the transitions the highlight packages those mm-hmm. were all great yeah but we need more of that and less of whatever dirk bentley yeah. kid was doing and you know? i'm all for like the humor and stuff but like thing i mean i don't know if you watch nba on tnt but they have they have uh Shaq and, and Charles Barkley kind of just hitting yeah. it off. There's so many cut up like highlight reels of them just like goofing around and it's just hilarious. And that's why people tune in. It's genuinely funny yeah. just to watch by itself. To this fair, was try hard funny. Yeah. To be fair, the um the TNT panel for the NHL this year was also pretty good. I think one of the highlights. Why did they do that? <laughs> why did they host this? They were there, but they did this weird thing. They had um on the side of the stage, they had Paul Bissonette, um, Elliot Friedman. And I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the third guy's name, but mm-hmm. he's also on the TNT, NHL and TNT panel. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, they had like a desk there and they were like making jokes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But like, it felt weird because you had Dirk Bentley hosting and then you were cutting to these guys. Like you didn't, it felt superfluous. Yeah. Like Paul Bissonnette's great. I love watching Paul Bissonnette. Yeah. But um, you could have just used the desk yeah. to host the awards and yeah. not had Dirk Bentley or you could have just used Dirk Bentley and it would felt smoother, yeah. you know? And at the end of the day, I do appreciate the NHL for trying, I think, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> but damn, this was a fiasco. I don't know. I If you want people to take your sport more seriously, you really just, you just got to look at it from different eyes and realize like, damn, this is, this is not it. Like anyone if, who watches this, who's not even into hockey, you can realize this is not a good show. If NBA reporters and um, television personalities dunk on your league continuously yeah maybe you should change something yeah but so no the nhl's like no we're up. great it's a you who don't understand us yeah like come on i was like we love this game we love this sport as you said even if we know it was bad yeah. so yeah come on man it's time to time to pack it up not pack it up but like do better yeah so summary of this week great contracts yes people are following the golden strategy yes and um, fix your award show. <laughs> yes. Summary of the week. Uh, all right. <laughs> and on that note, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> you got anything else to read it here? Uh, not too much. I think next week's going to be a big week. Uh, July, today's Thursday, June 29th, and uh, July 1st is right around the corner. Next time we do a podcast, there's going to be hopefully some players moving places. So let me ask you this. Yeah. By the time we do a next podcast, is Eric Carlson still a shark? Yes. Oh, no yeah. hope. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's just because. Uh, so I read this article today. Uh, yeah. Mike Greer. He's like he just won a Norris. We understand he wants to be traded. We we want to trade him to a contender too. Mm-hmm. But he just won a Norris. We're not going to retain any of that salary. I'm like, yeah, that's why he's not traded. Yeah. Eleven point five. A little too high. Yeah. I was like, just bite the ego off. It's four years, man. <laughs> We're yeah. not going to win a cup in four years, anyways. So just uh, this is the best chance to trade him. Get some big packages back. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm going to remain hopeful that they do trade them. I am too, but it's not going to happen by next podcast, I don't think. All right, all right. I guess we will see on the next show. Uh, This is Glass Seats. We're out every week. Um, You can listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. And we're also on YouTube. At Spud Network Podcast is the handle. If you can go on any of those platforms wherever you listen, leave us a rating or review or a comment. really helps us out. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace.